listening to the Fantasy Alarm DFS NBA podcast. What's going on, everybody? John and Pemby here with Justin Fensterman, bringing you the Fantasy Alarm NBA DFS podcast. That is right. I am with Fensty tonight, James Grande, away at a wedding this weekend, getting the cutting out early. Fancy, that's what he's doing. He's taking the long weekend, making the drive out of town, which is fine. You and I, it's been a bit since we've been able to do the NBA DFS podcast, but you know, we're no strangers to one another. We do the Alarm After Hours show together on Mondays uh, and Fridays there. I come on with you on Thursdays as well for Alarm After Hours. So people aren't unfamiliar with you and I going back and forth, but it's good that we finally get to talk a little basketball. That's, that's Absolutely, John, and thanks for having me. And I was going to say that James Grande, man, can you say lazy taking off during the season? I'm just kidding. Definitely well-deserved from him. We all at Fantasy Alarm working hard for the people, with the people, by the people, and excited to be with you, man. Thanks for having me. No, of course. Let's see. I mean, listen, everybody's obviously familiar with the Family Times podcast that you and Sells and Hallam do uh, together. So, But the one thing you and I are always talking about is like, man, I wish we could just talk more basketball. Just talk more basketball. Well, Here's our opportunity to talk more basketball as we break down Friday's nine-game NBA DFS main slate. Fancy, of course, the big story around the NBA has been the Charlotte Hornets dealing with their COVID outbreak. And once again, we go into a slate where they are missing five core pieces uh, to their lineup. No LaMelo Ball, no Terry Rozier, no Ish Smith, no McDaniels, and no Plumley in their lineups. With that, obviously, that means we're getting price bumps to sort of the uh, surrounding players, most notably Kelly Oubre, who continues the ball out. But we'll go across that as we hit the positions here. Uh, Fancy, I am looking at uh, this slate, and probably for the first time, I have no totals. I don't know if you see any totals on your end. I, do. I, I got I have nothing from the site that I'm looking at. You tend to look at DK Sportsbook. Do you see any totals for this game? Yes, I have three totals that I'm seeing at certain okay. sportsbook in the 220s, John, okay. which is almost unheard of these right. days. Do you want to guess which games are in the 220s of the Oof. three that I see? I want to see uh, if you can get any of them. Milwaukee Houston. Let me confirm that is correct. That right. is at 225. You want to try to go again? Yeah, let me go Sacramento, Charlotte. That is number two. Can he go three for three? Give me Brooklyn, Atlanta. This is exactly why John is who he is, and that's why you rely on him for all the DFS content. You went three for three, my man. Those are the three totals I'm seeing. I see also one more. I see Detroit and New Orleans at 212, which is also very interesting because you and I both know – New Orleans doesn't play any defense. Yeah, no, New Orleans does not play any defense. And neither really does Detroit. We do have the one late night hammer game here. Boston, my Celtics going into Phoenix to face the Suns. They're the 10 p.m. game. The other latest game is just 8 o'clock. So there's a two-hour gap on this slate between the uh, start time of the very last game. So you won't be counting your winnings there until the very end. But fancy, let's start off. Let's get into it. We're looking at the point guard position here. There's quite a few pricey players uh, on a slate like this, we got James Harden as a point guard against Atlanta at $11,200 over on DraftKings. Russell Westbrook is 10-2. Luka Doncic is $11,000. And Trey Young at 10K. Those are our 10K and above point guards on this slate. How are you feeling about this matchup between Harden and Trey Young, given the 220 total? I mean, I'm feeling great because you and I both know, and everybody else does, that Trey Young is very easy to pick on. The Hawks are at the bottom 
of the league when it comes to guarding point guards. And that's where James Harden comes in. I mean, at this point here, this is one of those situations where you got to spend up on a slate like this for James Harden. I said the same thing in the Houston matchup too for him. And all of a sudden it didn't really, I thought it'd be a little bit more productive than it ended up being. I know he was still in the fifties. I thought it was going to be even more versus Houston. This is an even easier matchup though, John, no Joe Harris, Brooklyn can't really rely on their front court for offense. And their other guy that they were relying on Harris now at out too. So it's just that much more for Durant and Harden. So I think it's worth the spend up. Yeah, I'm with you there. There have been a few slates where I've been looking at Harden. I'm like, ah, I don't know if this is the one. I don't know if this is the one. But a matchup against Atlanta and how bad their defense is. And the fact that Brooklyn themselves don't really play great defense. They're in a lot of competitive games this season. And Trey Young at $10,000, the lowest of that 10K group, he's been playing really well as well. Three of the last four games, 63, 55, and 59 fantasy points. We talk fantasy. We're looking for that 5X, right? We That's our baseline for a successful play. You talk it all the time in your starting five videos. You're looking for a 5X return. Well, we got 6X, we got 5.5, and we got 5.9 based off today's price tag for him in the last three of the last four. And then against Philly, he went from 47. The game before that against the Knicks, 49. So, I mean, this guy is rolling right now. The last four games, averaging 56 DraftKings. Again, I, I think if there's enough value on this slate, maybe you double stack. Maybe you try to fit Young and Harden in your lineup on this slate and see what you can do with it. You plug them both in. You got $4,800 per position remaining. We know uh, that we'll come across some value guys today. Yeah, here's the thing with the Hawks. Their midcourt has once again, it seems like it's every year at this point. Their midcourt is very banged up. And that just means it's going to be more on Trey Young and you're seeing it in the shot total. And yeah, he just against Minnesota took 18. But even before that, you're seeing consistently in the 20s. That's great. Now, then just for the meeting of the minds and when I determine to spend up for a player, he's not shooting great overall, a little up and down. But from downtown, John, he's been excellent. Over 40 percent or better in four of his last five and Four straight games of over 10 dimes as well, utilizing the skilled front court because that's really all they have with an injured midcourt. So, again, going after James Harden, who I thought was playing better defense than maybe we give him credit for. But then over the last few weeks, that defense has slipped and I've started attacking him a little bit more. So, John, you might be on to something here. We'd have to go for some serious value, though, if we try to stack the matchup. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's probably hard to do, but like I said, we'll see what we have for value uh, as we come across the slate. Now, again, we you like to talk about this is a first look podcast. Fancy and I truly have only looked at this briefly as we come in here. We want to give you our raw reactions. Yeah, we're organized, but we want to give you our true feelings on the matchups, come out our thought process, give you guys an understanding of how we go about sort of building these lineups and, and, and things like when it comes to looking at a slate and evaluating Tiers of players, positions of players, and matchups. So that's those are the two I'm looking for. You have the Lakers on a back-to-back. You have Russell Westbrook going into OKC. Do we believe in the narratives here, Fenstead? Do we trust revenge games? In the two games against OKC, Westbrook averaging 50.5 fantasy points. Of course, they had that epic collapse against the Thunder earlier this season in a game in which LeBron didn't play. Both LeBron and Anthony Davis were questionable for tonight's game. Both did end up playing. I wonder if this being a back-to-back of one of those two sit. And if they do, you have Westbrook here against the Thunder. And that's the problem, John, because you and I both know that you really need LeBron to be out 
in order for Westbrook to get full value. Yes, Anthony Davis being out helps as well, but you really want LeBron out because of the ball handling that Russell Westbrook would have more time of possession. So look, I love the matchup on paper. It's easy for him to destroy, but at the same time, I can't endorse him unless I'm guaranteed that one of the two is going to sit. That's the problem. Yeah, I'm in full agreement with you there as well. If we look he at the has best, been producing in his last three games. I mean, look, yes, he had four on DraftKings. He had 46, yep. but he didn't hit five X even. Nope, nope, I agree with you. The 28, the 38 fantasy points are not getting it done. But when he's almost 11K, they did drop him down to 10 2 here. But I'm with you. One of those guys have for me to have interest here in the mid tier. We go further down. SGA on the flip side of this matchup, 46 and a half fantasy points in DraftKings. The two games going up against the Lakers this season. Over his last four, he's averaging 47 fantasy points. This is a guy we just saw against the Pistons the other day, 56 fantasy points. He is their offense. He is their team. This is everything we expected out of SGA. He's back. He's healthy. He's playing a boatload of minutes right now as well. And the Lakers aren't blowing anybody out. So like this is a team where we look on paper like, man, the Lakers OKC should be a blowout. I think OKC keeps this one competitive and SGA is the reason they do it. There's a few reasons why I'm fine with paying up for Shea Gilgis Alexander. One of the reasons that you alluded to, you said he is the offense. That brings a safe floor. They don't get any consistent production from their front court. It's very sad how I've had to, I even had one time, John, I had Jeremiah Robinson Earl in the starting five. I was trying to be cute with some value right there, but even then you don't really get a lot of consistency. So with that, you have SGA and Russell Westbrook is a terrible defender. This Lakers team is full of bad defense for the most part, but really in that guard area, you're going to be able to take advantage every time it's going to be hard for them to switch with Westbrook out there, but makes it even more appetizing if LeBron is also out in this game. Because, look, I already like the matchup, John, but if they do try to switch and have LeBron on him for size, then that scares me off just a little bit. But I think because of the shot totals we've been seeing, he's taken 20 or more in three of his last four, and he's been helping out especially a little bit more frequently with dives and ancillary stats. I think we have a safe enough floor to go after him if you wanted to. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think he in this mid tier, and then the other one that I'm going to be taking a hard look at, uh, and somebody that James and I keep on talking a lot about here uh, is again the rookie number one overall pick. The price tag keeps now floating in that mid 7K range. He's 7,500. He gave us a 52 fantasy point effort against the Thunder the other day against the Wizards. 21 actual he scored. The scoring's coming along. He's giving you rebounds. He's giving you some assists. Now he's giving you some defense, at least a steal in four straight games. We talked about it already. The Pelicans, not a good defensive team. Cade Cunningham, 7,500. Again, just a play that I am really targeting in on. Dude, he's shooting better. That's the bottom line. And here's what I like about Cade Cunningham. A lot of rookies that you will see be given the keys to the kingdom, which pretty much Cunningham has been if you watch the way the offense flows, they'll let them have a very long leash. Just keep taking shots. The Hawks kind of did that a couple of years ago with Cam Reddish, and it made me absolutely sick. Here's the difference, though. Cunningham has an incredible drive, man, and he will utilize it. If the three isn't falling, he'll abandon it and he'll start attacking, and that's maturity right there. You're seeing the shots from him. Now he's taken 20 in both of his last two matchups. He's getting deep minutes. He's actually grabbed seven or more boards now in three of his last five. And look, 
He's just been a stat machine, and it's been worth the wait, and he's getting better. And if I'm Evan Mobley at this point, John, I'm not polishing that Rookie of the Year trophy just No, for sure not. You mentioned the shooting. Over his last five games, 48.9% from the floor. More importantly, though, Fancy, because this kid started off horribly from three-point range. Like, horribly from three-point range. 50% from the three-point range over the last five games. That's the important thing right there. And it's not like he's taking one, three, two, three, no, six for 11, three for five, five for seven. Like he is on fire from range right now. If you get a kid like that who's contributing across the board and being able to step outside and hit the three, yeah, the sky's the limit. And I'm telling you, we've been saying it all along, but the $7,500 price tag is just something that's going to keep going up. So he's going to be one of my top plays for sure. Here's the interesting thing about Cade Cunningham and with the herky-jerky shooting, and this is where we can benefit down the road. This guy's always going to be prioritized. If he shoots 20% from the field over his next game or two, that price tag's not going to hit AK, man. Right. That's where I'm focusing right now. As long as we can sustain, and the shooting especially, I mean, we need the other stats as well. It all adds up. But if the shooting stays a little bit low and he's able to maybe dish a bit more, grab a few more boards and keep that up and still helps out with the point total, you're seeing him shooting in that 28 to 33%. Maybe we get a few more games with him under AK because we got to keep taking advantage right there. I agree. Uh, with Jalen Brown out of the lineup here, Fitzy, which Boston guard do you prefer, Dennis Schroeder or Marcus Smart? And it's I hate relying on Marcus Smart for offense, John. It frustrates me. His, his offensive game kind of frustrates me as well. I would like to say Schroeder, but to me, it's not foolproof anymore. I think Dennis Schroeder is a lot better off the bench here. So it's almost one of those situations where if Jalen Brown is out, maybe I go Tatum or one of the big guys, but then I probably leave it alone. I mean, are you excited by either? I mean, look at the steals for Smart. That's what's really getting me, right? Four, three, and four, and three of the last four. Okay. That's where I'm looking at it, right? There's that upside that I think that he brings. And then if the shot does drop, yeah, then he has that huge ceiling because he's already giving you rebounds, assists. He's giving you defense. And then if he does have a night where he scores, then he pops off for the 40 like we saw against the Clippers. He is 6K. It's the Suns. It's a little bit riskier, but I kind of like Smart, I think, here over Dennis Schroeder. Like, I mean, look at what he did a couple nights ago against the Lakers. It's like it, he that's a killer matchup for any guard. Right. <laughs> and. He only took seven shots. Yeah, no, it's you're 100% right. The risk is is definitely there. I love your thinking because here's the thing about Marcus Smart. As much as I can't stand his offensive J.R. Smith-like game, he has been one of the best perimeter defenders in the last decade in basketball in the entire world. Mm -hmm. This guy, to be where he's at right now in his career, getting paid money to just be that hound on the perimeter and any offense is a bonus. He And what he's done, the development with him running the point. He's been incredible, man. Absolutely incredible. But I just worry about that shot, man. That's one thing I always do. But you're right. The steals do give you a little bit more of a floor. Yeah, I agree with you. Value plays here, guys that are in that 5K or below range. Maybe the, the fantasy swamp here, fancy for the point guard. <laughs> I, I like, what do you think of Rubio coming off the bench? Right now, Pat Bev is supposed to come back, but Garland's going to have to deal with him in the starting line. Rubio off the bench lately. The minutes have been pretty good. And for his price tag, it is $5,300. He has a pretty decent floor. No, you're right about that. It's just for some reason, and I don't know why, 
because we didn't bring up Garland before. And here's yeah, I worried thing. about Patrick Beverly. Right. Um, and that's the thing. I don't know what it is, John. Maybe you can tell me. Maybe they rotate Russell out. They're playing pretty good defense versus point guards, Minnesota. And it's just one of those things, unless I'm seeing skewed numbers, but that's one of those things where I was halted on Garland immediately because I'm going to attack this matchup in another way. But like you said, if Ricky Rubio is going to get at least 25 minutes and he can continue grabbing rebounds here, because you and I talked about this before, guards who grab at least three rebounds, it's a commitment to the stat. Mm -hmm. He's been grabbing at least four per game this year. And dude, the assists have been up too. So not getting much help out of the backcourt. It's cheap. I'm fine if you want to go that direction. Yeah, I'm just looking at, again, if, if there's a potential where maybe Gar Garland has the, the tougher matchup uh, in Rubio. A little revenge game here, too. A uh, long time ago, but, you know, still in play. Where maybe there's some value. I got a question for you. Yeah, Can, go is, for it. It, is it okay if I interrupt and ask you yeah. a question? Okay, you want a cheap guard? I've got someone for you. It's risky, though. What are your thoughts on Armani Brooks? Yeah. Because Drew Holiday is a shoddy defender, man. You yeah, can, listen, the you, thing is that Kevin Porter Jr. Him. being out, that's opening up the minutes here for Armani Brooks. Saw 29 against Brooklyn, gave you 30 fantasy points. You just need to sort of trust that's the direction they're going to go. There's Don't make me go Eric Gordon, man. He, fr he like, constipates me because you're, <laughs> fully you're fully relying on his shot falling. He does virtually nothing else consistently. Yeah, no, 100%. I agree with you there. I think another one, then, it's interesting that they're, we're seeing <laughs> – they have three Pacers with point guard eligibility on this slate. Duarte isn't playing a lot of minutes lately. He's been good at 4,400. We just got word that Kyra Lewis is going to be out for the season. NAW has been coming off the bench, but maybe there's more of a role for him. And then talk to me about your Knicks here. What are we doing with Quickly, Rose, Burks? Any interest in those guys here against Toronto? I mean, I mean, I'd like to say Burks because he has the most control over his own destiny. But at the same time... Yeah, I, I thought he would be giving us those assists a little bit more consistent. I'm a little bit disappointed. I mean, you're seeing him all over the board. So if he's not going to grab, if he's not going to dish, we need him to rebound because he's certainly not going to be up there in the shot priority. But here's the thing, man. I want to believe in Burks, but I need a little bit more. He's kind of given me Eric Gordon stat lines in the last right. couple of games. And I need a little bit more than that. So as interested as I want to be, I haven't seen the rebounding, so I'm probably going to stay away. What about you? Yeah, I think that's fair. It's a, it is a good matchup against Toronto, but you need, like you said, you need that consistency here. So I'm with you. Let's go on over to the shooting guard position here. At the very top, I'm looking at Fred Van against your Knicks, 8,800. Oh, 100%. They've, the reason that I think they moved Kemba Walker out of the rotation was he can't play defense, but Neither can Burks, neither can Rose, neither can Fournier. But to me, this is a spot where FVV should be thriving. This is going to be a potential stack option because the Knicks are not the same defensively as they were last season. You could start it with Van Vliet, and then we're going to talk about some of the other options in just a little bit that are going to be able to burn the Knicks time and time again. We saw them against Toronto before, and it, Toronto was able to bully them around however they wanted inside. I don't see things changing here. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, there's a few top price guys. I mean, Van Vliet's in that category. Brandon Ingram uh, against Detroit, I think, is in a really great spot. The last game, eh, but you play the weaker competition in Houston. The game before that went for 57 fantasy points there. I think Detroit-Houston probably kind of on the same level there, if I had to throw them in a comparison. Uh, and then Cal Ubre 
I mean, he has been unbelievable. And fancy, like the price tag isn't jumping as much as I thought it would be. $7,800. He was just 75 the other day. He's gone for 58 and 44 in two straight games. Now he's going up against Sacramento. Not a great defensive team here. I think Ubre is going to be probably one of the more popular plays of the entire day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, he's has, he's forced to play close to 40 minutes a night. They don't have any other options at this point. And he's taking over 20 shots a game in his last two as well. He's been shooting pretty well for the most part. Even after a poor shooting night, he still had himself a nice double game. So, yeah, I think this is just someone who, again, he's, the steals have always been there. He's a hound on the perimeter. And when it comes down to it, this team is really comprised of him, Bridges, Washington, and Gordon Hayward, all who are going to be guaranteed to play at least 38 minutes in this game. Yeah, another one you can throw in there, and we'll just jump into the mid-tier, because some of these other guys we talked about are already a point guard. But Cody Martin has been starting because of everything. And 43 and 42 minutes, the last two games, now both of them were against Philadelphia. Kind of a tough matchup, but he came through pretty well. 26 and 29 fantasy points. I think he's in that conversation. Gary Trent Jr. is a guy that whenever OG Ananobi has been out of the lineup, I've been liking to throw in there. And then the other night, they also were without Precious Achua as well. Just kind of sort of shortening that rotation. And Trent played 39 minutes against OKC at 39 fantasy points. He's 6,100 and Martin is 57. If I'm looking in the mid-tier, those are two guys that I think I'm honing in on. Yeah, Let's talk about Martin for a second because he is going to be shifting over to the point guard role a lot. And against Aaron Fox and Halliburton, I like that very much, John. I like it even better than when I suggested him and kind of – I guess I didn't fully miss. I wanted a little bit of a bigger return the other night than we got. But this is one of those situations where the Sacramento guards, the Sacramento centers, they don't scare me at all. The mid-court for them kind of scares me a little bit with Barnes, but – when it comes to any backcourt options going against them, especially in this situation, under 6K on DK, I'm totally fine with that, and I'll hang my hat there. Yeah, I'm with you 100% there. He and will, actually like, he will likely mind. be in the starting five again, John. Yeah, Different I don't matchup. mind Halliburton on the flip side, by the way, either. I think this is a, a big game stack day for this matchup. It is going to be kind of in, interesting because and we'll get to it later, but Rashawn Holmes is inactive. We know we like centers against against Charlotte, so I'm curious to see where they go at the center. In this one. But we'll talk about that when we get there. I don't want to get too far uh, ahead of ourselves. If we're looking uh, in this 5K or below tier, Kevin Horder is somebody that I think we keep going to. Reddish has been off and on with his injuries. Bogdan's been off and on with their injuries. He's just playing a boatload of minutes, and he got 22 fantasy points in 23 minutes against Brooklyn earlier this year. Now he's playing well over 30 minutes. But yeah, there's been some inconsistencies. My big gripe with him as he'll start off strong and then just fade, or he'll be nothing for a quarter and then come on big in the second half. I'm begging for consistency, but they're keeping him at, at 5K, which I think is pretty doable for him to hit that 25 fantasy point threshold we're looking for. No, I think that he can as well. And by the way, somebody that's a little bit lower than that, if you want to go to the swamp here, <laughs> you're going to laugh at me. I'm going with another rocket here. Dude, Garrison Matthews, Dude. he's logging, bro. Dude, he is, he is just shooting threes. Like you've never seen before. He's that, like, that. I equate Garrison Matthews for like an innings eater pitcher in baseball. Because yeah. this guy's just getting a massive amount of minutes. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, he was nobody with the Wizards. He goes to a bad Rockets team, gets put in the starting lineup after Jalen Green goes down. And then you look at the three. Over his last three, uh, over his last five games, he's had three games of at least 10 three-point attempts 
He's had nothing less than six three-point attempts over the last six games, Fenske. He's just out there chucking threes, and he's hitting them. And that's what's driving his production, is he's actually making the three-point shot. So on DraftKings, where you get that bonus, I'm in a full agreement with you there. I I think he becomes a pretty strong play. And I'll throw Malik Beasley out there as well. DeAndre Russell doesn't play. Uh, and I want let me go check the status on him real quick. Questionable to play. If DAR sits out, a, I think Malik Beasley at $4,100 is a spot we take a hard look at. Yeah, here's the one thing with him, and this is what frustrates me. I was under the impression that even with a healthy Beverly, that he would get a little bit more time to be the floor general. And he doesn't really set up plays as much as I thought. He kind of just goes and does a little ISO and takes a shot. This guy can pass. Yeah. I don't know why he's not passing. He can play the point. He can run the point, and they're not letting him. And and every time one of these other guys is out, I'm thinking that Beasley has a little bit of a shot, and he's in this four to five k price range. And I fall into the bear trap with him, John, because he then doesn't produce anything outside of maybe 12 to like 15 points, and that's it. And he doesn't do anything else. So I'm hoping that you're right in this regard, man. But this is just another situation where I want consistency in another category. I will say this. He has been rebounding a little bit more lately, and I like that. Yeah, I'm with you there. You, you, like you said, you you want those guys that are going to go ahead and give you. Uh, I don't extra like production. category guys, John. I don't. It's not fun. There are plenty of guys. I mean, we mentioned Garrison Matthews. Yeah, he's had a few games where he's grabbed a few rebounds. It's like why spend above 5K on Eric Gordon, who you're hanging your hat on him scoring 25 points to make his nut. And instead, we could go after these cheaper Rockets guards that can get you a two-category, a deuce amount of production. Yeah, another one of my guys here in this 5K range, Lou Dort, 5,500. Last two games, 40 and 37 fantasy points, 20 and 22 actual. He is the number two scorer, right? It's SGA, it's Lou Dort. Those are the two guys. They they rarely bump his price out of this mid-5K tier, uh, and they're going to need him against the Lakers. They're definitely going to need him against the Lakers if they're going to be competitive. So he would be my guy. I also want to get your take here. Terrence Davis. Everybody was back healthy the other day, and he still played 30 minutes. They're cutting into Buddy Heald, not really on the floor as much, but Fox, Halliburton, Harrison Barnes. Those guys are all playing minutes, and then Terrence Davis, 30, 29, 30, the last three. I think that's your 4K dart here against Charlotte. Yeah, this is one of those situations, John, where if you miss, but it's going to be very hard to miss because Charlotte doesn't have a lot to bring. This mm-hmm. game is going to be hella fast paced. And when I like that here, and I'm looking again, I'm looking at the pace charts as we tend to do here. I mean, you're looking at two of the quickest teams in the league when it comes to pace. And that's why it's very high. I mean, Charlotte is number three. Sacramento is number eight. So when there's that kind of game where you're going to be seeing it go back and forth in the Kings, I've both teams really don't play a lot of defense. So with that, I like more to take a risk on those guys that are bench options or can come in and even log 25 minutes or so. But we've seen Davis log almost 30 per night over his last few. And I'm fine with this. If we miss on a 4K guy like this on a slate here with as high of a total as we have, I'll take the L on that, John. Yep, for sure. And then the other guy that I want to take a look at here is Josh Richardson with Jalen Brown out of the lineup. He comes off the bench. He plays big minutes. Played 30 minutes the other night against the Clippers. Against the Lakers of Portland, made the minutes weren't necessarily where they had been. But you look at Utah, 29. You look at the run there in the mid-20s when Brown was out of the lineup. $3,500, had 27 fantasy points the other night. I think he's someone that we can take a little bit of a look. And then my final play I want to ask you about here, again, is we're looking at value. And this is because Dwayne Casey made a comment about him for Detroit, uh, was Hamadou Diallo. 
This is a guy that they traded for last year over with the Thunder. They traded Sveev Mihailuk to him, uh, acquired Diallo, and then Diallo basically had been out of their rotation. And then against the Wizards, he plays 29 minutes. Against Phoenix, he played 21. They're finally getting him uh, in the rotation a little bit more off their bench. He says that he loves his energy that he brings to the table. Now, again, he's a dart throw. He's 3,400. This isn't a core play. But if you wanted to stack a James Harden and a Trey Young and you're looking for a cheap guy, Diallo could maybe be a guy that fits. You're looking at a good matchup here against the Pelicans and the coaches are, are on his side. At least I'm trying to find you somebody else besides him, but he is getting the 20 minutes here. Dude, immediately my eyes shift to Isaac Accord, but the minutes are starting to drop a little bit. Yeah, just doesn't he just doesn't do enough offensively. No. He doesn't score. That's the problem. Isaac Okoro has, has every opportunity to be able to play 30 minutes a night, and there's no reason he shouldn't. And that's what's frustrating. So, look, we can at least get a guy that's shooting a little bit more consistency consistently. If you want to go in that direction, you can. It's very slim. Maybe one other player I can give you, although I'm not that confident in him. I mean, do you think maybe with Lewis out this – indirectly benefits Garrett Temple, or do we need Josh Hart to be hurt for that to happen? Mm, we probably need Josh Hart. Right. We probably need Josh Hart out there. And right, John, go. you're yep. good at going really low here, so I'm not going to be able to beat you in that regard. So I guess we're going to have to go. Yeah, let's go to the small forward position. Uh, you have KD at 10 going up against Atlanta. Again, we always know that Durant is somebody that's in play. We have Jason Tatum. We have a rule here, Fancy. When Jalen Brown is out of the lineup, Jason Tatum's always a top play. 50 fantasy points now in five straight games for him. And no Jalen Brown during this stretch. Now, of course, it is Phoenix, so it's going to be a tougher defensive matchup for him. But the minutes are there. The shots are there. The rebounds have been there. The points have been there. Jalen T- Jason Tatum at 9,900 just needing 50 for 5x feels like a pretty good bet here. I mean, it does. Do you? I mean, I guess you don't worry that... Mikel Bridges can size up to him, right? Jason Tatum's just too big for him. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely going to throw him on there. They'll probably throw Jay Crowder at him. Like, they're going right. to do a good job on the perimeter to try to get him defensively. But Tatum's been doing a lot more going to the rim as well lately. And I think that's going to help him because Aiton is not really a shot blocker. So just the fact that the offense is definitely going to be there has uh, gives me a little bit of appeal there. I mean, here's the one problem. I would say, dude, save your money and go after Anthony Edwards here. But the problem is the skyline lineup, as I call it, in Cleveland you don't really want Edwards attacking a guy who could be a center in Lowry marketing. So I'm fine at that regard if you want to go with Tatum at 9,900. For sure. If we're going down into the, the next tier, and guys we've talked about already, Kelly Oubre is there. Gordon Haywood is there. Alec Burks, Gary Trent. Like, there's a lot of retreads because there's so much multi-position eligibility in these spots. So a lot of this mid-tier are guys that we've talked about. So I guess the next new person that I would consider would be like a Sadiq Bay, would be a Josh Hart. But what do you make of what we've seen from RJ Barrett lately, right? They kind of benched him. And then the last couple of games, 39, 35 minutes, 47, 26 fantasy points. He's just 5,100 going against Toronto. I mean, here's the thing. He's going up against Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes is very feisty, but inexperienced. So I'm all right with it, but at the same time, someone else that you saw, I'm fine with R.J. Barrett, more by a process of elimination because I can't trust really many of the other Knicks guards to hit shots, so we have to go with who's hot at this point. But someone that you passed over a little bit, maybe this doesn't fit the mold of the value tier, but, I mean, come on, man. What about Chris Middleton? He's been making way. He's been so, hitting- Yeah, my worry with Middleton is the matchup against Houston, right? I'm expecting this to be like a 14, 15-point spread. That's my problem. 
oh, okay, so you don't think even in 28 minutes he'd be able to hit, let's say, about 37 points? So my issue, I guess, would be if he's doing that, it would take Giannis to have a down game, right? Because of where he is. They're already when they play when they play full minutes, that's kind of where he's sitting, right? So now right. we're thinking it's gonna be a blowout. We're thinking also Giannis is gonna have a lot of that usage. We're gonna need we're gonna need like immediate offense out of Middleton, and that's just not I like him more for Cat Middleton than I do for GBP. So he's not awful because it's such an elite matchup that he can certainly do it. And we've seen him against Miami. Now that game was without Giannis to be fair, but in 30 minutes he had 42 fantasy points against Detroit. In a blowout in 28 minutes, he had 31 fantasy points. So it's not impossible to see him do that. It's just the you know, I like him more in cash games than GB. Yeah, no, it's like for me, we're talking about Houston here. And this is just another situation where I think that it's going to be a lot of back and forth at the start, being that both of these teams play a very quick style of basketball. Yeah. Middleton's very boring. I don't think he has the highest of ceilings. But no. he just based off the matchup and – the shooting we've seen, the amount of shots he's been taking. I know Giannis has been hurt a little bit. Most importantly, the more rebounding from him we've seen lately. He, he just seems safe, but doesn't have the biggest of ceilings. I'll admit that. Yeah, cash gains for sure. Other GPP plays that I've, I think Gallinari's been seeing a lot more minutes of late. I think against Brooklyn, they'll need his scoring. He's 4,900. Uh, and then Cam Johnson, he's been the biggest beneficiary of Devin Booker being out. Just 4,600 for him. He hasn't started. He's still been coming off the bench. They've been starting Landry Shamit, but the minutes 29, 27, 33, 29 have been there. I like a lot Cam Johnson here at 4,600. No, that, that absolutely, especially, I mean, look, the scoring upside will be there. Also, we were talking about the Lakers' health and being in a back-to-back. If one of them does sit out for some reason, if for some reason one of the Lakers does sit out for this game, then you're starting to look at the Horton Tuckers and Malik Monks for value too, John. 100%. Love Malik. Uh, wish they played him more than they do, but you're right. If LeBron sits, Monk, <laughs> excuse me, Monk could enter that starting lineup. Uh, Fancy, my last value play here. This is somebody that I've touted now for two straight podcasts. I even had him in my playbook. James initially laughed at me when I called him out two straight slates ago. But the Oklahoma City Thunder love Kendrick Williams. The organization loves Kendrick Williams. The coaches love Kendrick Williams. He played 27 minutes in his return against Detroit at 32 fantasy points. He played 21 minutes there against Toronto had 27 fantasy points. He has four steals in each of those games. He's giving you three rebounds. He's giving you three and four assists. The scoring has been efficient. It's not like off the chart shot numbers, but Kendrick Williams is a core part of this rotation. He's $3,500 to Lakers. If it gets a blowout, he could certainly see more run there. But either way, he's on the floor. And when he's on the floor, he's productive. I like Kendrick Williams here. This team has shown no life or resistance on the defensive end in their front court. And if you're going to tell me a guy's going out there now producing multiple steals in three or four, he's going to continue getting 20 minutes. At that value at 3,500, we're looking for 20 minutes. He's exceeded that in three straight games. So even though he doesn't get as many shots as maybe we would like, you're telling me a guy in a very non threatening front court who's been grabbing steals, been hounding on the perimeter. He's not going to get 20 minutes. He is going to get 20 minutes. So I'm going to endorse that with you. Yeah, so that's my last value play. No one else is really jumping out to me here. against a lot of the guys, some of these guys we've already talked about. So there's a little overlap. So when you're looking at the DraftKings slate, FanDuel as well, whether everybody has multi-position eligibility, there's shooting guards that can play small forward that we've already discussed. And now there's going to be some power forwards that we're going to discuss that also have small forward eligibility at the top of the power forward spot. We do have Giannis here. 
it's a tough spot. He's probable to play with a, with a quad contusion. It's Houston. The one thing we always say is we're never going to tell you not to play Giannis. We've seen Giannis in 20-point blowout wins go for 65 fantasy points in 28 minutes. Like, he's going to do that. He's capable of playing 25 minutes and giving you 60 fantasy points. So I'm not going to sit here and say don't play him, Fancy. Play him at your own discretion. Just understand that likely this is going to be a blowout. Likely he's not playing 35 minutes. So if you're spending up there, at least be aware that's the possibility. If he does play, if he's not where you're going at this position, though, and LeBron James does play at under $10,000, even though it's a back-to-back, I like this one a lot. He's come out and say, like, he basically needs to carry this team right now. They're not good to win basically without him. So I don't mind paying the $9,800 here against the Thunder for LeBron James. It's a cake matchup. We were just pretty much disrespecting, rightfully so, the Thunder front court, and they're going to get eaten alive by James and Davis if they're both active. Yep. Uh, Davis is 9,600 too. This is a big big discount on these uh, Lakers here. Anthony Davis has been over uh, 10,800, 10,900, 10,800, and now he's 96. So I can see pricing being pretty popular on these for those two guys at the top. In the mid-tier range, going to rattle off a few. You let me know which ones you like more. You have Julius Julius Randle against Toronto. You have Siakam against the Knicks, you have Porzingis against the Pacers, and we have Miles Bridges against the Kings. I mean, obviously, Miles Bridges is the safest. He's going to be playing 40 minutes. I like that very much. I like someone even priced lower than that. But of those options, here's the thing about Indiana. They don't play good defense, but I really – Porzingis, does he excite you unless Luka's out? I mean, because so his so me, his, usage, his usage is definitely higher with Luka out of the lineup. But right. he is learning – he's learning – He's learning to play with Luca a little bit better, uh, and that's helping him. I mean, other what about Jeremy Grant? Yeah, big fan of Jeremy Grant. Again, I think well, more. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think this is a good spot for Jeremy Grant. By the way, I got someone else who I like a little bit lower than that. You ready for this? We yeah, are gonna that? attack. We're gonna attack the Timberwolves full force, John. We're attacking them with Evan Mobley. He's going to produce. I'm oh, his favorite player, right? Yeah, dude, frightfully so. And he's going to eat him. I mean, all three of them, but specifically he and Jared Allen are going to completely destroy the Minnesota front court. 100% with you on that one. PJ Washington, just below him. Listen, we, we, we like going against Sacramento front court. Now there's no Rashawn Holmes. PJ Washington, though not starting, they're starting Nick Richards. A uh, big fan of him at his price tag here in the mid-tier. I think there's a lot of upside. That's power forward center option. Another guy that, that we've been playing a lot of lately, Fancy, and it's, you know, he can be a little foul happy at times. It was a tough match against Utah. I won't hold it against him. Uh, but Jared Vanderbilt, 5,200. Again, down game against Utah, but the production before that, the rebounds, Fancy, are what we're really looking for. In eight of his last 10 games, double-digit rebounds. Yeah, and he's stealing the ball too. But most importantly, the Timberwolves are finally committing to him, something they wouldn't do in seasons past because you're seeing more 30-minute games being logged. They don't have much to write home about. They don't get good defense. I know, again, and this is where all you youngsters out there, you got to go beyond the stats. Watch Carl Anthony Towns. Don't learn how to play defense from Carl Anthony Towns. He doesn't do anything, and Pemba can score on Carl Anthony Towns. So with that, they need somebody else that's going to help clear the garbage a little bit. Vanderbilt's a little bit more blue collar like that. And that's why he's going to continue logging as many minutes as he has. And at the price tag that he's at, love it. Yep. I'm with you there a hundred percent. 
as well. Uh, some value plays at the power forward position. Maybe it's Matu that starts at center with Holm. Could certainly be a place that we take a look at. We know uh, either way, I think he's safe. I was very worried when Barnes came back that he was going to completely lose everything. But like you said, with Holmes now out, he now has some life still in this rotation. And Charlotte's going to be very fatigued. They don't have a lot of options when it comes to relief. Yeah, they don't. Uh, him and then Bagley is another value play, 3,700, likely going to rotate in that front court. Yeah, we're just looking to attack because of their struggles here. They're just great, really great options. Uh, and then I'm looking right now to see, if, did he, so Achua is questionable. Chris Boucher started the other night for Toronto, played 22 minutes in that game against OKC, had 23 fantasy points. He's now got 23 fantasy points in back-to-back games. Excuse me. If he starts again against you, I'll throw some Boucher out there. Yes, because the Knicks front court is not playing effective defense at all. And I'll just say this for everybody out there. Mitchell Robinson, he's raw. He's not a good defender. He really doesn't have any footwork. That's part of the problem. Being an effective center, being an effective defensive center, it takes a lot of footwork in the fundamental laws of physics to keep a guy that's as big as you or bigger from out of the lane and not having that momentum going in when you have the basket right under you. Mitchell Robinson has no clue how to control that. So when it comes to attacking the Knicks, they're not the same defensively. You can attack them, especially in their front court. Yep, I'm in full agreement with you on that one as well. Let's go to the center spot, Fancy. If we're looking at the top, who are the guys that are jumping out to you? What's your top price center option for you? I mean, for me, I would love to go. Here's the thing. I would love to go DeMontis Sabonis in this situation because Dallas is easy. But I'm guessing, John, Sabonis is going to draw Porzingis in that matchup. And I don't really want to go after Miles Turner. So if we're looking at some of these top guys here, I mean, I'm looking at the flex for Anthony Davis under 10K here. Yeah. I know it's the cheap way out, but we have the option. No, I'm with you. I love him at 96. I think that's a great spot for him. What about um, you know, So what against Milwaukee is appealing? Again, it's a matchup against Giannis that I'm a little skittish on, but I think his just his offensive output strong. I like a guy a little bit below him, actually, in Jonas Valanciunas against yeah. Detroit. I think this is a great spot. Again, I'm, I'm thinking this game might be a little bit close as well. Um, getting 8K J-Val, big level upside for him. It's a really good price. And then James has dubbed Jared Allen Mr. 40 spot. We will, we'll let him slide. He's missed 40 by a point or two in the last two matchups. But now he's cheaper. 7,800 is the cheapest he's been since the start of December. And what do we talk about talents and defense? You like great option as well. Allen, a little bit more pricier, but a great matchup for him there also. I like them both. Both can produce. All three of the front court for Cleveland can produce. We've seen it. Yeah, 100%. Both of those guys are in. Uh, Turner, you like you like Sabonis. I think Turner's in play here as no, well. No, 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 no. I don't like Sabonis. I, oh, don't, okay. I, I worry about Sabonis, him drawing Porzingis. Gotcha. Well, on the flip side, then Turner. Dallas against centers has been one of the worst in basketball this year. Right. So if Turner's going to see those minutes, I think he's definitely a guy we take a hard look at. He, and just so you know, for context purposes, he had 22 points against the Knicks a couple of nights ago, last yep. night. No, he's great. Um, he's a good price. Aldridge, I think coming off a rest game at 5,500 is going to stick out to me as well. A guy that I go back and forth on is Isaiah Stewart, but I don't know if the matchup against if Valanciunas is a good one for him. No, it's okay. I mean, it's a cheap price. That's why. Yeah. And he's getting the minutes. We're seeing more 30-minute games. So with that, what, three double-doubles in his last four I'm yeah. totally fine with that. He should have done better 
against the Thunder. He only took three shots there. When it came to his matchups that we've seen, especially against the Suns and against Nurkic even before, I'm totally fine if you want to attack Valanciunas. Valanciunas has been an excellent producer because, I mean, if you're looking at all the front court, Brandon Ingram has had to help out in the backcourt a little bit more. And when it comes to the whole Zion Williamson being out, Valanciunas has taken full advantage. But on the defensive end, he's still Valanciunas. And I feel like Isaiah Stewart does have that GPP appeal. Yeah, I agree with you. And then, Fancy, wrapping this up for me, maybe you have somebody else, but I got two centers under 4K. Nerlens Noel is probable to play. He's in starting for your 26 minutes. The shot attempts are obviously the worry here. One shot attempt in 26 minutes against the San Antonio Spurs. Three shot attempts against Denver in 19 minutes. Zero shot attempts in 19 minutes against Brooklyn. That's the worry, but you know he's good for rebounds. We can give you blocks and steals. So if you could just hit a few shots, the upside's there. But then Tristan Thompson, we talked about no Rashawn Holmes. Over 20 minutes in three of the last four games, 25, 24, 31 fantasy points in those three games he played over 20 minutes. He might start this game with no Rashawn Holmes here, and we talk about it all the time. Centers against Charlotte, $3,500. double could be here for Tristan Thompson. I, it's one of those things where it's funny. It's, I almost wish Mason Plumley was on the floor, but he makes it even better, makes it appealing. And you're right. With Bo Holmes right there at 3,500, we don't need a lot. I mean, he could easily get 20 DraftKings points in this matchup. Yep, I fully agree with you. Are there, is there any other center plays that you have your eye on, whether it be value, mid-tier, or expensive? I mean, the only other – there is somebody else, but he's coming off a stinker. What are your thoughts? Is it just too risky going Hernan Gomez at this point? Yeah, my problem with him is that he's the backup, right? So you need him to get on the floor, and then you need him to be just, like, insanely productive, right? And he can be, but he's – the fact that he only once over the last – like six games he's played over 20 minutes is my worry. If he plays 14 minutes against Denver like he did, he hit all three of his shots. He grabbed four rebounds. All that's great. He did exactly what you want, but it's 11 fantasy. Against Houston, he was wild. He had 13 rebounds and 10 points in 16 minutes. That's insane usage, insane output. So it's hard for me to want to trust that, especially when we think that there's a potential for Tristan Thompson to play 20-plus minutes at cheaper. It's not a bad spot fantasy. It's a magic against Detroit that he certainly – could just get on the floor and just do whatever he wants. It's a real risk for me. Do you like Bobby Portis at all? I do. I think Bobby Poe is a guy that's proven that even in some blowout runs, he gets those minutes. When Giannis and everybody's off the floor, Portis is the one that kind of hangs out there with that unit, uh, with that second unit. So I'm with it. Uh, I think there's some interest there. Even with Cousins there, uh, excuse me, he's only playing like 15 minutes. It's not really cutting into Portis time. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing with this. It's, again, fast-paced game, meaning more scoring likely going to happen here. And, again, with no Brooke, we don't know when we're going to see or if we're going to see Brook Lopez here. Portis continues to get it done and answer the bell. He's given us around 5x value every time at this current price point. And as much as I like Christian Wood on the offensive end, Portis can bang with him in the post a little bit, so I'm fine with the 7,100 on DraftKings. I agree with you there. All right, Fancy, that wraps it up here. Nine games of NBA action here. I'll be on the playbook, and you'll be on the starting five video. We got everybody covered here with content. Go to get us on Twitter. You can get Fancy at Fancy Sports. Get me at JMPEMA777. Of course, I'm also in the Discord. Uh, you can also call Alarm After Hours if you want to talk to us on Fridays and Mondays. Talk to Fancy every day on Alarm After Hours. If you have any football questions, and probably soon basketball We'll be making an appearance or two on the show every now and then uh, as well. But for Fensty and John, we will catch you guys later.